Welcome to Coffee Confessions with Cody and Felicia. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Coffee Confessions. We wanted to kind of hit on a more serious like matter this week. Um, we usually try to keep things fun and light, but we decided that with April being Alcohol Awareness Month that we thought it would be a good idea to kind of touch on kind of an ongoing problem in the military and kind of like a silent problem, I think, among like the civilian community as well. So today we're bringing you an interview with um, a close friend of mine. Her name is Chloe, and she's going to come on and talk with us towards the end. And um yeah, like here in the beginning, I think we're just going to kind of give you some helpful, I think helpful ways to battle this if you're going through it and yeah. um, kind of give you some insight on where this topic came from. Like we didn't just pull it out of left field. It's something that's relatable. Like it really, yeah, like, yeah. Like we, it's something that we've experienced and <laughs> something that we feel like we can bring some hopeful insight to it. So well, I guess let's get into it. <laughs> so this is really honestly like more, I don't know. We just, we share things that we've been through and it's something that, you know, my, a lot of my family members suckle, suckle, whoa. <laughs> I'm like so caught in mouth right now. I don't know. And I drink all my water and I don't know where the other one went, but, um, we talk a lot about topics that are related to us and like my family suffers from this. I know Cody um, was like impacted a little bit more directly. Like mine is my, um, what do you call them? Like my outer family, like cousins uh, and aunts and, yeah. you know, yeah. my intermediate family or whatever. I mean, I guess they are, but Cody, it was her father. So yeah, it was something that, you know, yeah, it changes your life for sure. Like, just like a quick background, because I get into this a bit with Chloe, but I just want to like put it out there now so like nobody's confused. It's like, I grew up with an alcoholic father, and I did not know that until I was, uh, what, like, what age would you say you are in like fifth grade? Like, dude, I don't even nine. know. <laughs> I can't remember. So, my kid is six and she's in yeah. kindergarten. So, so seven, I mean, eight, like, nine, ten. Yeah. And like hindsight, like growing up, I was not aware. I lived with my mom, so I didn't see my dad as often as most people probably do. I saw him like on holidays and stuff like that. Um, and I didn't really know what drinking was because my mom didn't do that. Um, so for a long time, I thought that it was normal to drink beer and drive on the highway in Phoenix. I did not know that that was wrong until I was much older. Um, and then, you know, it kind of took a turn for the worst when I went to live with him for a year. And that's when I really realized like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, my dad was not who I thought he was. Um, and it was really hard. I went through some abuse in that year and, um, it just played out into, as I got older, he knew that he couldn't like hit me anymore. So it became like manipulation and even until like I was an adult. So, I mean, we're going to get into it deeper with Chloe, but um, we just want you guys to know that if this is something that you are going through, like do your best to get out of that situation. Because I, I mean, yeah. like Felicia said, it was something like she only witnessed with 
you know, her outer family, but as someone who has gone through this um, with like a parent, uh, I'm just here to tell you that like those scars don't leave and you don't realize the things that are traumatizing your children right now, but one day like it, it will all come back full circle. So well, I mean, I think Please there's a lot look. of things that, like, you don't realize as a child right. that comes back yeah. and that you don't realize as a parent. And to be honest, like, everybody's winging it, and I'm not, like, excusing alcoholism. Like, no. you know the difference, obviously. Yeah. But, like, you know, there's that step past, like, I'm winging it. Too much. Like, yeah. You're yeah. screwed. So. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, like, it's been a long day, and, like, I want a glass of wine. Like, we're not saying, like, that. We're saying, like, if you know that this situation has crossed the line to where you're, like, this isn't okay anymore, like, please look up the resources to. And that goes um, for any. Help your family. Like, yeah. Physical, anything. mentally, alcoholic, drug, whatever. Yeah. This is just one you know, another stories. And other, we have so many people that we plan on interviewing um oh yeah later on down the line but this is a glimpse at this one since what this is what april is for so yeah with that being said here is a glimpse of all right guys so like i said before our first interview ever for coffee and confessions is going to be with my good friend chloe um so chloe tell us a little bit about yourself all right i'm super pumped i have known cody for so long like it's crazy the memories that we have and all the things that we did when we were younger so it was it was a good time um but we were definitely wild just to say the least and we did we did whatever we could get away with yeah I think yeah like I think a lot of it had to do with um trying to like just escape from what was actually going on in our lives because you know, and we'll get into that, but at that age, it's like, we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. We just would drink and sneak out. Yeah. And, and a lot of it was like how much, cause Chloe and I both cheered at the same, like on since sophomore year till we graduated. So a lot of it was like, how much can we get away with without getting kicked off of our cheerleading team? Like so, literally. Yeah. And I remember like, since we are talking about alcohol, we had snuck out of my house one night to go drinking and my mom had caught us and she was like, what are you doing? You're cheerleaders. You are not supposed to be doing this. And we we're like, okay, mom, whatever. <laughs> like we're going to do it again. So, and we, and we did do it again. We did oh, it a lot. Wait. So yeah, like I am 29 years old and me and Cody graduated together. Um, I went to college at ECU, East Carolina. Um, I went to get my nursing degree, got that. I worked as a nurse for a couple years and then just kind of shifted my life into a different direction. And I do a business called Sensi. It's a direct sales company. And that really just grew. And so I followed that path and that's what I do full time today. I retired as a nurse. It'll be three years in October. And um, I have two kids. I have a five-year-old and a six-month-old. And that second one rocked my world. Cody has like 25 kids, so she's really freaking good at this. But, well, um, I'm trying, but I'm not yeah, as good like, as everybody thinks. I was not great at it, though. Um, but my kids did, and we can get into this. My kids really shifted um, my priorities, though, in regards to setting certain boundaries and really being like, okay, I can't allow this and I can't allow this kind of energy and yeah. 
this unsafe environment when my kids are in the world because it wasn't about me anymore. And that's probably like when it, when everything really shifted and I put my foot down because I could take a lot of shit from my mom whenever I didn't have my kids, but I didn't want my kids to be unsafe. And so, so yeah, like we live in Greenville, North Carolina and we love it here. We're super involved in our church. And so, yes, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, this is, this have is you me. ever listened to my podcast before? <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I mean, this is, I mean, welcome to, welcome to 2020, but, uh, we are just super thankful for everything in our life that we have now. We've worked really hard to get it. Cody has watched our journey. She's seen a lot of it. My husband was a banker. He's retired now and he owns a couple businesses and um, Cody actually inspired me and Justin to start our own podcast a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so it is called Culture Effect and it's a really broad spectrum Uh, I guess, title, because we're talking about all kinds of stuff from business to life to marriage. And really, our focus and goal with that podcast is to help people understand that they're in control of their culture, they're in control of the culture around them, they have to, they have to know that it's within them and within us to create the culture that we envision. It's kind of like heaven on earth is what I think about. And to have that culture, you have to really understand how to do it. And you have to understand that it's in your control. And so that's pretty much um, our direction with the podcast, but we're still super new at it. So it's, it's very it's kind like, of intimidating it at the, in the beginning. And then when you kind of get a hang of it, you're like, okay, like I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and if Cody didn't do it, honestly, hers first, it wouldn't have inspired me to bite the bullet. And so it's super powerful, Cody, what you do. And I've told you this with your kids before, but you know, you're, you definitely are the real deal. And I think that's why me and you have always remained friends, even though you've lived in different States and different places. (laughs) We just keep, yeah. I mean, people want that real They're They want it. Well, our world wants it. Felicia couldn't be on right now with us because she's, um, single like well not single mommy but her husband is actually stuck in another base because he was doing the school and then he and then the army said no more travel so he couldn't come home so right now she's got three babies all by herself and she's homeschooling so um I honestly couldn't have done coffee confessions without Felicia because she is like she is my like the person who like you know me I did Cincy with Chloe for a while and if it got hard, like I'm the first to admit that I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm giving up. And I've had that, those thoughts with coffee confessions and I'm like, it's not growing how I want it to. And Felicia's like there to be like, look, we got this. Like, we're going to just keep, like keep steady and it's going to keep pushing through. So if you think I'm badass, I can't wait for you to meet her because she is like me times a hundred thousand. Like I I don't understand. I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. So we're going to jump into this interview. Like, I want everybody to know that April is Alcohol Awareness Month, so we want to reach out and share our stories because we think it's super beneficial to anyone dealing with the same issues caused by alcoholism. So today we're going to share our personal stories, and um, I already talked about mine earlier with Felicia, but you know we want to talk about this so people know what happens, and so we're focusing on a parent child relationship right now, but also like you can apply anything that we're going to talk about, um, with Chloe or what we've already talked about with, you know, between Felicia and I, that you can 
this can go for any type of relationship you have. This is just our experience happened to be with a parent. So, um, you know, we just want you to let, let you know, there might be some trigger warning about like drinking and, you know, before in mind, there was like a little bit of child abuse stuff going on. So just know, you know, maybe if you have those, should this like trigger you anyway, we want to give you that warning up front. So we're going to jump into this. And first Chloe, like, what was it like for you? Like as a child, like, did you know about your mom's drinking or did it just like, just like kind of tell us about what that was like as a kid? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in a Christian home, quotation marks, Mm -hmm. and was in Christian school up up until so private school up until third grade. And um, my earliest memories, one of them is, um, and I love my dad to death. He is my saving grace. Um, but he used to beat the crap out of my mom. That's just what happened. So one of my earliest memories is like him throwing stuff on her. I remember he threw a saddle on her one time because she would rack up credit cards, buy horses, just do a lot of stuff. And so that's like my earliest memory. They split when I was nine. And at the time, and I've asked my dad this, um, he said that she really wasn't a big drinker during this time. And I don't remember any drinking. I remember, I mean, I was in tap, I was in jazz. I was um, in softball. I did all, they did all the things, but their marriage was absolutely horrible. And so when they split, my dad married, he found my stepmom who pretty much raised me Mm -hmm. from the time I was 10 on. And my mom continued to struggle and my mom left him. Yeah. He didn't leave her. She left him. She made that choice. So she struggled with relationships I remember um, the drinking really started probably when I was in the seventh grade Mm -hmm. and she was married to. Fortunately had a different, um, like a totally different family that he was in as well. Why he was my mom and he had three kids. So that was in 2006. So during that time, she started drinking a lot. He drank a lot. And I remember a lot during this time because, you know, when you're in the seventh grade, there's just so much going on with your body. And then you're into like yeah. boys or girls or whatever. So I really tried to just cover up everything that was going on. And um, the drinking with her just got worse and worse, I'm assuming, because she's never talked with me about it. But I think because he did have, an, he was having an affair. And she found out in the same year, um, my grandpa died, her dad. And that's when I noticed the drinking was really bad. And yeah, like she was masking. the. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so it it kills me because I know that everything that like, I know my mom loves me. And I think that's important for y'all to understand before you hear all the crazy shit that she put me through, because I know she loves me. But addiction is addiction is like nothing I've ever seen. It's yeah, that's that's one of the hardest things that I had to go through too, because my dad is super manipulative, Oh yeah. but it's like, how could you, so I, I remember feeling like, how could you love me and do the stuff that you did? But it, it, now being a parent, like, I, I mean, obviously I don't parent the same way my dad did, but like, I understand like the love doesn't go away. Like they still love you, but the addiction is stronger yeah. than, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's really, it's kind of weird. Unless you've experienced it, you're probably thinking like, there's no way I would ever do that. But 
until you've witnessed addiction to this level, it's, it's honestly just out of like normal people's realm of thinking, I feel. Oh yeah. And it's just so out of control that even at that age, like 12, 13, like that's when, you know, it started getting really bad. I was just so self-absorbed into myself, like, you know, we yeah. were yeah. cheerleading and, and we were into clothes and just all these things. And so it was really easy for me to ignore it. But I mean, it just yeah. escalated. And you didn't live with her either, right? Yeah, I did not. Same. I didn't live with her. So we, my mom and dad had split custody out of court, but I chose to be with my dad primarily. And my sister, I have a younger sister. She is 25 and she is uh, actually schizophrenic. And I really feel like a lot of that was contributed to the environment she was in with my mom because um, it, it just got really bad. When I went to college in 2008, my sister was still there and um, it was just to the point my mom was a nurse. She lost her nursing license. Uh, she's been in jail more times than I can count probably a total of five, six years uh, in and out of jail for fraud. Uh, she would steal my uh so she would get my social and rack up credit cards uh, no yeah no. girl it was bad so that was in high school she would break into cars she would do all these things I don't really know why um because at the time she was a nurse so there's a lot of unanswered questions which clearly I need I need to talk with her one day it's just not happening right now but right, you know yeah. just growing up it, it was just bad I mean there it was bad a lot of memories yeah. I masked and I put to the side um I remember right. finding like holes in the walls uh that she had pictures over and in the holes were bottles of vodka wine she would drink whatever she could find and the problem was um that she took medications for anxiety and so she would take those medications yeah and she would drink and it was so did she try to hide her drink oh yeah was that okay see my dad was just like out in the open yep. like a 36 pack a day and I'm just like mm. okay like this is what we're doing like like you talked about like one of your youngest memories was um you know the like the your parents getting in a fight see I, growing up to me like I don't I'm sure you've done a lot of traveling you've been in big cities my dad lived in Phoenix mm. so one of my youngest memories was my dad drinking Coors Light driving down a six-lane highway in Phoenix and I mm. didn't know that that was wrong I didn't know that you know how as a parent now I'm like you know like fuck you almost yeah. because it's like how could you yeah. like you know put me in that kind of danger you know driving drunk I mean he would drink on the, his job site he and I didn't know that that's what would what it was because my mom didn't drink and you know she did she was going out at night you know my mom was a single mom with four kids I mean I would have gone out you know when I could afford it too but the difference is like she wasn't drinking and putting my life in danger. And it took me many years to realize like, Oh, you like you, you just didn't care. Like you didn't care that you had your two little girls sitting in the, the front seat and you're driving on a highway. Like it just, it's kind of mind boggling to me. So what was like your, your breaking point with your mom where, you know, you decided like, okay, this is the point like of no return and, you realize like you needed to start setting limits with her. So near the end of high school, before I graduated, it started getting really, really bad. And um, like I was dating my husband now at the time and we would have to pick my mom up off the side of the road. She'd be like covered in blood. We wouldn't know what happened. 
Um, my sister would call me cause we would be me and my husband, Justin would be like on a date. My sister would call me and say something like, Hey, mom's in the bathtub. I just maced her because she was trying to attack me because my mom would get really violent when she would drink mm -hmm. and we would try and like actually record her. And I would show her the recording the next day and she would totally deny it to this day. She has not apologized. That's how my dad is. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like, it didn't fucking happen. And it's like, this fucking yeah. happened. And this is why I'm not okay. You know, like, yeah. yeah. And, um, I've gotten to the point where honestly, I'm, I know I probably won't ever get an apology because it, you oh, know, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, it's just not going to happen. And so I've had to, because they're in denial of their own addiction. Yep. They're like, I don't have a problem. I have this under control. Like, why do I need to say sorry to you? Like you need to say sorry to me. Yeah. That's well, I mean, that's how my dad is. And I think because their brains are so cloudy when they're under the influence that they don't even realize what's going on. And then they wake up and they're like, Oh, it's a new day. Everything is fine. And so like, yeah, same. Yeah. Or they don't remember. Oh yeah. It gets so black out that they're like, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. And, and that's what my mom would do. She didn't just drink. It was drink to blackout, but then we mm -hmm. would walk in the door after school or whatever. And you could just tell, I knew in her face, her breath yeah. smelled a certain way. Her eyes looked a certain Their way. Speech. Yep. I knew it. Yes. And I'd be like, mom, why? Like, why? And she'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, just, and she moved a lot. She was in a lot of abusive relationships. Um, a lot of her um, ex-boyfriends, one of them killed himself. So there's that. But they would try to abuse us and do things to us. And I was always the one to stand up and be like, no, you're not going to fucking touch me. You're not going to touch yeah. my sister. I told one of her boyfriends one time that I would kill him. So I had to get in this like <laughs> hey. attack mode at the age. That was yeah. like, I was like 10 years old when that happened. So yeah. I graduated from high school. And it's funny because nobody knows this. Everybody thinks, oh, Chloe, she was a cheerleader. She dated Justin Cox and all this. And they had no idea that I was picking no, my mom up off the fucking side of the road and getting her out of jail, bailing her out of jail, sending her money. There's so many things that I had to like go through that nobody yeah, yeah. should have to go through at that age. So like I got in college. And it was really good for me to get away from her. That's when I really started to heal because when I was yeah. in Fayetteville, which is where we lived it, at her beck and call, I'd be there because I can't leave my right. mom in the middle of the street or yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. do that, but it was tearing my relationship with Justin in half. And yeah. so college in Greenville was really good. It was like an hour and 40 minutes away. At first I was driving back and forth every weekend to help her. She probably moved 25 times since I was 10 years old. So I was always helping wow. her move into new places. But, um, when I had my son Brody, I was still allowing my mom to be in my life. And, and I knew that she wanted to be better. She always wanted to do better, but it was just like, it didn't happen. And yeah. there was all these empty promises and these empty, like, I'm not going to do this again. And so I'm huge now on actions. I don't care what people say. I don't care. Show me, show yeah. me, you know, show me. And so I had Brody and, um, he was about two years old and I had a Cincy Christmas party at my house. So a lot of people were there, spouses were there, and my mom wanted to come because she was a Cincy consultant. So there was that. And so she showed up and stole someone's bottle of liquor, which I probably shouldn't have even have had liquor there. But I was like, she told me she was fine. I thought that she was not drinking at the time, you know, all that. Right. She drank an entire fifth of someone's bottle of Crown and... 
everybody had left except a few people. And I thought my mom was asleep. I put her to bed. She was like in an adult onesie, real life. She was asleep. (laughs) And I actually took Brody into my room to go to sleep because the room she was in was near his room. And I was like, "Eh, I don't know. Um, long story short, there was a knock on the door and it was our neighbor at the time we moved now, but my neighbor at the time was a sheriff. And not only was he a sheriff, but he trained, um, German shepherds to do all the, all the army stuff. You probably know what I'm talking about. So he was, he was pretty, he did all the things and he's not somebody that I wanted, you know, this to happen to, but my mom had escaped out of that room, went into my son's room, opened his window, ran across the street and told my neighbor that I was trying to kill my son and that it was unsafe at my house and all these things. So he, um, when my mom not like came back in the door, we put her to bed and I sent Justin over there to talk to him. And he was like, look, I honestly thought she was a stripper. That's what he said. And he was single, but his 10 year old daughter was inside. He was like, I thought she was a stripper, but my, my daughter was inside. I didn't know what was going on. The police came over. And of course, one of the police officers I went to high school with. So there was that he had to check on her, make sure she was breathing. My mom, the next day she woke up, acted like nothing happened. And I literally remember looking at her and I was like, you know, you can't see my son anymore. Like you could have killed him. You could have killed him. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you would have been in the room, like, like what she would have done when she had taken him out the window with her. A hundred percent. Like, yeah. yeah. So after that, I just decided, I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so we currently don't have a relationship right now. I've not spoken with her. It'll be two years um, in June. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard because no, yeah, I know. I love her so much, but I can't, I can't, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I've actually been struggling with that same thing because I haven't talked to my dad in a year because he relapsed and same thing is like, I don't, you know, granted my dad and your mom are different type of alcoholics after I've been hearing your story a little bit or not. They're the same type of alcoholic, but their behaviors are much different. My dad gets very mean and he likes to pick fights and tear you down because he grew up very abusively so he becomes very abusive when he's drinking but I decide like he picked a fight with my sister in January and you know was calling my mom a bitch on Facebook and my sister was like you can't do that like don't do that dad and he went zero to 100 and freaked out on her was like you're he says mean things he's like you're not my daughter anymore Um, One time he told me like he wasn't my dad and I needed to ask my mom about this other man and just says really mean, really, really mean things. But, you know, I'm in therapy for all of the stuff that I went through as a kid. And even to this day, like even after he beat me as a child, even after he said the mean things that he did, even after he tried to ruin my marriage, I still find myself knowing in my heart that not speaking to him and not having him in my life is the right choice. But I feel like man, I wonder what he's doing, man. I wonder if he's okay because people don't understand that. Like you have these bad, bad times, but also you still have the times where, you know, he, he would call me and just tell me a funny joke or goof off. You know what I mean? Or, you know, like maybe you and your mom went shopping or you have that one good day and some like it outshines like a week of shittiness that you went through with them. 
So I find myself struggling, like, man, do I want to reach out and see how he's doing? But knowing, like, no, it's not a good choice because I know that we might have one or two good conversations. And then the next ones will probably be a drunken rage phone call. And I just I had to decide, like, I'm not going to give my kid that up and down seesaw, like, oh, Papa's in a good mood. Oh, Papa's in a bad mood. Oh, Papa's drunk. Oh, Papa's not drunk. You know, so I agree with you. Like my same being done point was like having my kids and being like, no. I can't like I cannot and another thing for me is my dad was constantly drunk wake up drink go to bed wake up drink go to bed so it's like how can I pass you my newborn knowing that you just had you know a 36 pack but then also feeling obligated to do that because I don't want to fight with you and I don't want you to call me mean names you know what I mean so it's like I, I didn't want that anymore I was like no, we're done here. Like, sorry. I love you, but I'm going to have to love you from far away because it's not worth the trauma that it inflicts on you as a person. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's heavy and like, it's, it's a heavy weight to carry because I'm also a fixer. And so I've always, honestly, and I'm really trying not to cry, but I, (laughs) I, I just wanted her to be better. Yeah. That was it. And, um, you know, it's like, sometimes you just got to love them, but you got to let them go. And, you know, it's been really hard. My mom is a twin and she obviously has a twin sister. So she was really close with me. It's my aunt. And, uh, she turned on me probably about eight months ago, texted me, said I was like a crazy bitch and that, and that, (laughs) you know, I need to go to hell and all this stuff. And I'm like, guys, what I I'm your number one I'm your niece sit the fuck down yeah you need help number two yeah I have been literally mentally abused by this woman since I was I mean I really don't even know I think it was even before the drinking because she was in relationships and we'd get chased by these guys with bats and knives and my dad yeah stuff that you should never have needed to see in your life never fucking said sorry and it's just like it's not okay and I feel so my heart feels for the people that are going that are literally living with people right now in addictions and that are in somebody's house because it's almost like you said that's what got me choked up you you think about like all the good tiny moments like there there weren't a lot but there were definitely some like I rode horses with my mom we had horses um when yeah. she, my mom was not a constant drinker. It was just like after seven o'clock at night. And I think it's because she was just super lonely and she was bored and it turned into like, you know, this is what we do because her last husband would drink all the time. And, um, it just turned into this crazy dysfunctional life that I just, almost, yeah, it yeah over, like, and it literally. just was like a normal, like I would wake up the next day and just do what I needed to do and go to school and, and do whatever. And it was, it was bad though. I mean, she wasn't abusive towards us at all when she was drunk, but she was very angry and very mean. And she did tell me when she was growing up that her dad used to beat the crap out of her sister and my mom had to watch it. Um, and a lot of people don't know that, but I really think that was an issue. I think there was unresolved issues that she had with her dad before he died. I think that, yeah. Um, really like sent her into probably oh, a yeah. spiral. And, um, yeah. 
so yeah, I mean, now like we don't speak and it's just not the time. Um, I don't know when it will be the time I'm praying about it and taking it day by day. But, you know, now that I have my six month old, it's just like, I can't just, and, and my son doesn't even know who she is now. So it's just, that's yeah, pretty, yeah how my kids like, are. it's just at a point where I, I have to protect my kids and I've given her yeah. so many chances. Like what's going to happen if I give you another chance and say, you're mad at me and you do something. I just don't know. It's just, yeah, that's very, un- it's very unpredictable because it can go. And because after they start drinking, it's not mom anymore. It's not no. dad anymore. It's, it's whoever they, that, that beer turns them into or whatever they're drinking that day. So looking back, like, what would you say that it taught you? Like if you could, or, or I guess if you could tell your younger self one thing about alcoholism, what would it be? Oh gosh, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> I know. And sometimes I find myself struggling with it because, you know, I'll, I think what's really hard to do is to talk about alcoholism, but to drink alcohol. And sometimes I, I feel like, oh God, like, you know, should I be drinking because my dad's an alcoholic? But then you have to remind yourself, like, I think my advice would be you can have a beer and not be an alcoholic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's probably what I would tell my younger self. Don't feel guilty for somebody else's problem because you, you can, you can indulge in adult things as long as you can act like an adult. Yeah. I think yeah. that would probably be my. No, for sure. And I mean, I'm going to be really honest. I have a super addictive mind, very addictive. I'm addicted yeah. to work. I'm addicted to um, you know, home decor, there's a lot of different things that I really get like, you know, like I'm addicted to, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm addicted to Scentsy. So I really, (laughs) I have a very high potential. So I am aware of that now more than ever, especially being almost 30 and having more stress on our lives, having kids, you know, I can see how my mom got in the position that she got in. So what I'm trying to do now is just not repeat the cycle. And I'm really trying to break that generational curse of Mm -hmm. alcoholism to stop. And that's the main reason why I stopped talking with her because nothing else I was doing was working. And so probably like what I would tell my younger self is that it's going to be okay because I never yeah. saw like a light at the end of the tunnel. And even today, I don't know how my mom is. I, I know she's been in and out of jail. I know that, um, you know, she's pretty much doing the same thing. I know that because my dad picks my sister up from her apartment she's in and he'll tell me she's drunk. You know, she's still drinking. You don't need to call her because I'll ask my dad sometimes for her number because she always changes numbers. And I get a call every day from her. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it doesn't go away. It's like every day. And so I would just tell myself it's going to be okay. And that it's not my job to fix her, that I'm not her mom and that I cannot fix her and I cannot make her want to do better for her daughters. She also has a seven-year-old. So, um, it's just, it's just a heavy topic. And I think that I masked a lot of it when I was younger with, yeah, I had no idea. Like I had, honestly, I had no idea until I think I was married and um, a news article, I think come out and she had gotten arrested and I was like, 
what what yeah. no there's no way because I'll be the first to admit friend or not I was one of the people who thought like oh Chloe has everything she has the best clothes and you know being jealous that you had a car to drive home from cheerleading practice while I was waiting for my mom to pick yeah. me up like yeah and, and and the thing is that's so funny about that is my mom would always up until she lost her job I mean she would drink and be crazy and then take me to the mall and spend like three hundred dollars on me so it was also like she bought my love in some ways, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, that's how my dad was Yeah, too, so yeah. she would mm-hmm. always do extravagant gifts and always tried to be like, let me get you the newest clothes. And behind the scenes, it was just like, I, I don't, I didn't give a damn about the clothes. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have, yeah. I wish that I just, I just really wanted a normal family. That's all I wanted. And yeah. Yeah. it was just, you know, with my sister, it was so sad. My 25 year old sister, because when I went to college, I couldn't protect my sister anymore. And so my sister got, she was so smart. She was in AP classes. She went to Terry Sanford, very smart. And she got into a lot of drugs and she started doing things at my mom's mom's house because nobody was supervising her, but she wanted right, to, like, yeah, nice. but she wanted to be there. Why? She was 15. Of course she wanted to be there. She can have her boyfriend over. She yeah. can do drugs. So she started doing bath yeah. salts and all these crazy things in Fayetteville. And I really think that contributed to spiraling her into part of the position she's in today. Oh yeah. She was almost modeling the behavior that she was witnessing. She was like, well, mom's doing this and it's okay. Oh, yeah. So what the hell does it matter if I do oh, it? You for, know? Yeah, yeah. Like for sure. And so I think the biggest advice I can give to people that are going through this number one, don't tolerate it. Don't tolerate it. If you have a family member or a friend or somebody that is an alcoholic, if you were if you were doing what I did from the time I was like 14 to 22, you're enabling. You have to stop yeah. enabling them. And I was horrible at that. Like I said, I would put money in her account when she was in jail, hundreds, hundreds of dollars a month. I didn't have money like yeah. that. Um, I would pick her up from jail. I would bail her out. I would, I would deep clean her house all the time. I, I literally would just do everything to make it as normal as possible. And well, and I think another thing with that is like, you're, you're doing that and you don't, and you're, you don't realize in the moment that you're enabling. Cause you're like, okay, I'm doing this because it's going to make life easier for yeah. me. If I put the money in her account, she'll leave me alone. She'll stop calling. If I clean her house, then maybe she'll come home and, you know, it'll refresh her or something like that. And then she'll, she won't drink. And then I won't have to deal with the repercussions of her drinking. At least that's how I was with, with, for me. My dad had this weird thing where he's like, call me every Sunday, call me every Sunday, no matter what. I mean, Clay, I had two kids and my dad would get mad at me because I didn't call him on Sunday. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'll call you on Sunday. If it like avoids this argument over me fucking calling you on Sunday, so, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Do not enable Yeah, them. it's just, it's sad. But, you know, these are the cards that we were dealt. And I feel like we just have to, it's important to share this, which is why I think this episode is so, so like spot on right now, because we just live in a time where nothing is being talked about or dealt with. Yeah. And yeah. like, this is a real thing. And I didn't realize it was so bad. Like there's so many other stories of like things that she did, but I just didn't realize it because to me it was normal. And to me it was like, okay, this is just how it is. 
and my dad is going to continue to like also bail my mom out. He would help financially and do all these things while he was married to my stepmom. And, you know, my mom was so mean to my stepmom. It disgusts me how she talked about my stepmom. She heard that I was naming my daughter after my stepmom and, and texted my stepmom some of the nastiest things I've ever heard. And it's just, oh my it's God. like, I feel bad for her. I really do. Like, I love her, but I genuinely feel bad for her. And, you know, at the end of the day, she can say whatever she wants about me. She can say that I'm a horrible person, but I know, like, what I did for her while I was in high school, while I was in college, nobody else was picking her up drunk. Nobody else was bailing her out. Yeah. Nobody else was masking everything to cover for her except for me. And, yeah. you know, that's fine. Like I can live with some of my family members not talking to me and saying different things about me. Like one time my mom said, one of the last times I talked to her, she was like, you're just too big for your britches because of Cincy. And I was like, you, you have no <laughs> idea what the hell you're talking about. Like you have yeah. used me for years. And now because I have a kid and you're not my top priority, you're mad. Grow the fuck up. You're 50 years old. Yep. Grow up. Like, yeah. sorry, they, but at this point. They sound exactly Oh, they're very, alike, they're honestly. very similar. And yeah. it's just like, I've gotten to the point where I, I do miss her. Like you said too, it's like, we miss them, but I couldn't mentally put myself in that place. Like I literally, Cody would be working in my office and doing Sensi or working at the hospital doing 12 hour shifts. And she would call me back to back to back to back. Or she would, it would yeah. just literally set off my entire day. It would throw me into like a panic attack. And I was like, this is not yeah. sustainable. I can't do this forever. And I remember like getting phone calls from her whenever I was in college and just thinking, what if she's dead? What if this is somebody calling me saying yeah. she's dead? And I just yeah. had to come to the realization. And I think a lot of people just don't understand when you're dealing with addicts that they could die. And I had to come to yeah. the realization of, okay, if it happens, am I ready? Like, am I okay with like, am I, can I deal with that? Can I deal with if she goes into like, you know, this deep like state and overdoses and doesn't wake up, am I going to be okay with knowing I haven't talked to her? And that's been the hard. Yeah. That's kind of what I've been struggling with. Yeah. Too, but honestly, it's like, we got to look at our kids and we got to look at our mental state. Like, we are the yeah. thermostat of our household. And so if we're not okay, nobody's okay in our house. No, and be, yeah. because of her and because of the way that she made me feel, love is just, the love wasn't enough. You know what I mean? The love wasn't no. enough yeah. because. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to say like, you have to come to a point and say, you know what? Like I've done enough for you. Now I have to do something for me. And even though this thing for me is going to break my heart, at the same time, like I deserve peace. Like I deserve any time, like I'm sure the same for you. Like anytime, like my phone rang and it said, dad, I was like, Oh, do I want to answer yep. it? Ugh, should I? You know what I mean? And I, and, but versus like, I'm sure when your dad calls or my mom calls, I'm like, Oh, it doesn't even ring for half a second. I'm like, yeah. Hey mom, like I FaceTime with my mom every day. But when it was like with my dad, it was like, I, I don't know. This is such a Russian roulette right now. Do I want to pick up this phone and hear what's going to be said? Yeah. So. And I think too, like the last thing I'll say is I really learned also how in tune kids are in the home. And mm -hmm. I'm, I try very hard and I'm not perfect. I have, my dad is, a, he has like a temper and so do I, me and my dad are yeah, the same person. So I. <laughs> yeah. I know you do too. So it's like, I try to recognize when I'm pissed off at Justin or I'm at my wits end, 
I know that Brody can hear what's happening. So I really try mm-hmm. to like not repeat the cycle in that aspect too inside my home and like like yeah. pull Justin aside or scream at him later in another room when the kids are asleep or whatever. Yeah. No, because- yeah. That is like literally like one of my main topics with my therapist is because I don't want to repeat the same mistakes that my dad did that traumatized me. Like I don't want them. I don't want to parent the same way he did drinking or not. Like it fucked me up and I refuse. I refuse to take that into with my kids. And so many times when people are like, Oh, you're like the rock star mom, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I appreciate the nice words, but if you could only see like what it's like behind doors and how many times I have failed my children because my temper or I, I slip in that moments of seeing like my dad come out of me and I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. I will not let this control me and I will not, I might not be an alcoholic and thank God for that, but I will not take up his behavior because he was an alcoholic and my trauma put it onto my kids. Like, it's just not happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I'm I mean, not and they it. see everything. Like, kids are not stupid. Kids are not, they know what's going on. They know, they know, you know. So I, I'm really just, you know, and I'm in, I've been in and out of therapy for about 13 years now. Um, I'm not yeah. currently in therapy. I probably need to be, honestly, um, because I'm not okay with this situation. But I'm just really good at like shoving stuff deep down and being like, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with it later, which is not the right way to be, but it's how I fucking survived my life. That's the only yeah. way I survived from the age of like nine on is by like acting like things didn't happen. Because if I did, I probably would have killed myself. And I did try to kill myself a couple times when I was in high school. And a lot of people don't know that either. So I just think it's like super important for people to know that like me and Cody, obviously this is our story, but there are probably a lot of people out there that are in very bad situations. Get out, get out. Yeah. Get out of parent, husband, like drinking is huge in the military and like, listen like if I can tell you one thing is it doesn't it does not always get better sometimes it does my dad has been sober and unsober sober unsober but also at the same time like that's not a yin yang that you want to be in either like if you are going through anything like Chloe and I have gone through like we both want to encourage you to one seek therapy and two find a better situation for yourself and your kids if you have them because yes it's going to break the hell out of your heart it's going to hurt so so bad but better days are coming without the weight of, of that. And alcoholism is hard and it can happen to anybody. I feel like you never know. You can pick up a drink and you're like, cool, that, that was fine. But when you see it starting to become a habit, then you need to like, you know, get help for yourself or your significant other versus like, I'm a 100% where it's like drugs. Like you make it, you make a conscious decision because they're one, they're illegal. So you have to decide like, do I want to break the law right now? But alcohol is legal and it, it will ruin your life just as bad as, you know, picking up like, I don't know, crystal meth. Like, you know, it's, if you are in one of those situations, like for real, find a way to get yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if somebody is, you know, especially if you have kids in the home, I'm telling you, me and Cody went through it. Don't put your kids through that. I don't give a damn how much you love your husband or your wife. I'm sorry. If they're an alcoholic or a drug addict 
or they're addicted to something, your kids, you're messing up your kids at that point. It's, it's not about you. And I'm sorry, but it's not. And I see a lot of, of situations where people are in relationships with pe with people that are addicts, right? And yeah, they stay because I love them. Well, are you okay? right? And yeah. you and they don't realize like you and your children will always come second to that addiction. Always. Like it doesn't matter. Like they can love you, but if it's between you or a drink, like honestly, coming from someone whose own parent like literally will cut you off for alcohol. Like it happens. Like think about your child and your relationship with that kid. And then think that, think of some, like, I can't literally think of anything that I would put above my kids, but add an addiction to it. Like you're done. Like you're gone. Like, okay, bye. I mean, I could never think of not speaking to my child, but we're examples that our own parents cut us off. Like they're fine with not speaking to us because as long as they have what they need, they're, they need, they're like, well, whatever. I don't, I don't need them. So, all right. Well, I think that's where we're going to end it today, but thank you for coming on and talking. If you or anybody you love is suffering with substance abuse or mental health, please encourage them to reach out for help. There are so many sources online, such as Military One Source, or if you're a civilian, you can reach out to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Um, their phone number is 1-800-662-HELP. Well, that was our confession for this week. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to catch the latest. Hashtag spill the coffee. episode of Coffee Confections. Where's my daddy?